Hi, sisters. We are back in Philippians. I am so excited. We are going to be going over Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, and we'll be doing this in a four-part series. Paul has so much to say about not resting in our works and our flesh for our salvation. And anything that we have lost in the salvation of Christ, if we have lost friends and family, or we're getting persecuted, or maybe you're being made fun of, it is all worth it because we're going to see what great gain it is to follow Jesus Christ. So grab your Bibles and come on this journey with me. Or you can just listen while you're doing your daily tasks. Either way, the Word of God is going to start marinating in you right now. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy. And friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat, and I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years, and I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. And so now he goes on to say, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So here's another gain. So he, he's putting all these gains. So he has all these losses, all these things that were considered a loss to him. Hebrew, he had the rituals and the re religious rites and the nation, being the nation of Israel and, you know, all the, all these things. Well, now he's like, but these are all the things I have gained by leaving behind my old life, putting my faith completely in Jesus Christ, repenting of my sins and placing all of myself in Christ. These are the things I've gained. He's gained this beautiful intimacy and knowledge. He's gained this beautiful righteousness in Christ now, where he is now made righteous and holy, not by his works, not by anything he done. He doesn't have to strive for it anymore. He doesn't have to like do all these things. And that's why he calls these evil workers, evil workers and dogs, because that's exactly what they're doing. Is they're trying to put people back under law, back under works righteousness. And he understands how the, the burden of that 
And Jesus came to set the captives free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you want to live in that freedom and that victory. And once you've tasted that freedom and that victory, you don't want to go back. Why would you want to go back to Egypt? You know, kind of what the book of Hebrews is about. about. Like when you read it, like, why would you want to go back to the thing that was killing you? And so here he talks about the power of the resurrection. This is the saving power of Jesus Christ. It is the power of the resurrection that rose Jesus from the dead. That dunamis power, that power now lives inside of us. It is the Holy Spirit of God, the power of God who made us born again, that we went from being dead men and women, dead people, dead in our sins and trespasses. Our eyes were blind. Our ears were deaf to the things of God. And now all of a sudden we have been made alive with Christ and we have eternal life. Through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit power that now resides in each and every one of us, the regenerated work of the Spirit of God. Our old man was buried with Christ. Our sin was buried with Christ. It was crucified on the cross. Our sin nature was crucified on the cross. Our debt was paid on the cross and we were buried with him and rose again in the resurrection of life with him. The death, burial, and resurrection of life through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are partakers of that. And Paul sees that that is a gain. All that he lost, but he gained the power of Jesus Christ. The resurrection power that made him born again and gave him a new nature. Oh, friends, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's no longer you that live, but Christ that lives in you. If you are truly, truly born again, we've been set free. That's why perfect love casts out all fear, First John. It's not the, the fear of like, I've got anxiety and I'm afraid of spiders. No, the fear of judgment, standing before a holy God with our filthy rags. And he says, forgiven. I took all of that at the cross. And you're now going to participate in the resurrection of life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul understood the beauty of this power that is now in all of us that are truly born again. He says, and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. See, we don't like talking about this part. So we love the power. We love the love bonding. We love the intimacy. We love that we have a good father who lavishes good gifts on us and takes care of us and loves us to pieces and took all of our sin. But do we love the other aspect of our faith, which is granted to all of us? It's part of our salvation. And that is to suffer. A true born again believer is not going to escape this. You're going to suffer. Paul suffered. We've already talked about suffering the loss of our old life, suffering the loss of friends and family and maybe jobs and money and security, or maybe we're called to move and, and, and have to live in another country and you're preaching the gospel in, in, a, in, you know, in a dangerous territory, maybe, you know, whatever you were called to, you know, go and, and, and give everything to the poor and, and go follow Jesus. I don't know. But now we're talking about the, the suffering of the trials and tribulations of being a Christian. Not only being human, because every human has trials and tribulations, but do they have joy and comfort in them? See, for the Christian, 
Paul understood that this was actually a gain. Remember, he's telling, he's saying that this is the fellowship of his sufferings. See, suffering informs us into the image of Jesus Christ. It's what God uses suffering for, for the believer. When you suffer, you have a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother, Jesus. Jesus suffered like no other human on the planet. Creator God came down and put on a human tent and suffered and died, was mocked and beaten, was spit on, was persecuted, made fun of, bared false witness about from his own creation. Can you imagine your own creation who you actually came down, left glory for? Not only did you create them, you give them air to breathe. You give them food in their belly. You give them everything they need that sustains life. You give them this beautiful creation to enjoy. But then you as creator come down, put on a human tent so that you can die for them so that they can be set free from sin and the penalty of sin. And they reject you. And not just they reject you, they mock you, they beat you, they whip you, they spit on you, they put a crown of thorns on you and treat you like a criminal. Christ suffered. And he also drank the cup of wrath from the Father that was due you and me. The cup of wrath that you and I should have drank, that we should have suffered for. So Christ understands suffering. And when you suffer, he is right there with you. Paul understood that, that he now had a companion. He now had somebody that could walk through his sufferings with him, that could comfort him in his sufferings, that could teach him in his, in his sufferings, that could counsel him through his sufferings. And this was priceless to Paul. Think of all the suffering Paul went through and Jesus never left him or forsake, forsook him. The Holy Spirit was with him at all times, growing him, conforming him, transforming him into the glorious image of Jesus Christ. Christ draws close to us as we suffer. Think of the times in which you have suffered as a Christian. Maybe you've suffered for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've had persecution. You've lost friendships. Or maybe God has refined you and put you in the refiner's fire. Um, or you've just gone through you know, tragedies and trials and tribulations that all humans face and go through on some level, does it not bring you to your knees and to the feet of the cross of Jesus Christ? Like, just like, you're just like, you cling to him. It should, it does me, you know, when everything's going really good, I still eat, sleep and breathe Jesus. I love him so much, but there's nothing that makes me cling to him the way that a su the way that suffering does the way that persecution does, the way that loss does, the way that grief does, the trials and tribulations. I just, there's something that just, I mean, I'm on my knees worshiping him in the good times, but man, I, there's just something about going through those trials and tribulations that takes you into this, this depth of intimacy with the Lord and his word and into prayer that the good times just, they can't do that. And Paul understood that. And that's why he has it in the gain column, that he gained fellowship with Christ in suffering. That when we suffer on behalf of Christ, we suffer with him. When you're being persecuted, when you're being lied about, when false witness is being bared about you, it, it hurts. It's hard. When you're being stoned spiritually, it is, ugh. When you're losing friendships, you're losing brotherhood, you're losing whatever it is maybe your jobs, you're sharing in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. 
And remember what it said in Philippians too, that not only is it granted to you to have salvation, it's granted to you to suffer. It's a privilege and an honor to suffer for Christ, but he's right there with you and he's right there with me. And Paul understood that. And he goes on to say, verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, the glorification is what he's talking about here. There, he, he will experience the glory, the ultimate glory, which is the new resurrected body, all of eternity in Christ. When he talks about here, you see this part of Paul where by any means, if by any means I may attain, he's not saying if I make it to the finish line or that he thinks he can lose his salvation. What he means is he understands that he doesn't deserve it. Paul always saw himself as the least of the apostles because he persecuted the church. It gnawed at him that he once killed his brothers and sisters in Christ. He was sincere about his faith. He thought what he was doing was right. Looking back, he just, it, it, it bothered him. It grieved him deeply. And he understood that the fact that God chose to save him, a persecutor of the church, of the way, the very precious men and women of God that Jesus died for, the people that had all these beautiful things that we've just been discussing, and he murdered them or put them in a position to be to be persecuted and murdered or put them in prison or broke up families, it gnawed at him. And so he understood that this is such a privilege that God is going to get him across the finish line and give him a glorified body and make him completely sin-free once and for all. This is the future guarantee of our resurrection, you guys. Not only do we get to have intimacy with God now, not only do we get to have a fellowship with Jesus in our suffering, our trials and tribulations, not only are we sanctified and justified and made holy, not only do we have the power of the resurrection abiding in us, the Holy Spirit that's regenerated us, but we also will get to the glorification and get brand new bodies made for heaven. We will be set free once and for all from the sin that still dwells in each and every one of us. Paul hated the weakness of the flesh. Think of Romans 8, 23, where he says, man, he expresses how he, our bodies just groan to be fully redeemed once and for all from the sickness and the pain and the wrestling with sin all the time and our thought life that can be just so corrupt. We have to take every thought captive to the word of God. We have to purposely think on things that are pure and noble and good because the sin that still dwells in us is always trying to get us to watch things that are not good. He listen to things that are not good, uh, feel things that are, you know, not good or whatever, like always get us to try to stumble and use our members for unrighteousness. And we've got to fight against that every day. Praise God. We have the power of the Holy spirit that gives us the victory and the power to overcome but sometimes we do not overcome and we and we fall in our flesh or the sin that still dwells in us. Paul talks about this great pain of fighting back and forth in Romans 7. And so he understands in Romans 8 that this body still groans. This body still gets sick. It still deals with the, the flesh, the desires of the flesh. And we fight against it all the time. But he says, man, one day I'm going to be set free 
from the body of death. All of us are. If you're truly born again, this you are going to be set free. The word in Romans 8 also talks about the fact that this is the Holy Spirit's job is to get you and I across the finish line and to get us to the glorification so that we can have our new bodies and spend eternity with Jesus Christ. This is so beautiful. Can you see why it's such a gain to Paul to have lost everything else and why he sees it as such evil workers, dogs, with these false prophets, these false apostles, these false teachers that are coming in and trying to take this from those who have received it by adding works to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Now we know that good works will follow those who believe. We are to be producing good works. We were chosen from the foundation of the world for good works. We are the hands and feet of Jesus while we're here. We are not to live lukewarm and complacent by any means. Good works follow those who believe. But good works are not what we rest our salvation in. It's an evidence of our salvation. But none of these works can save us. None of these works can save us. We have a choice, you guys. We have a choice. We can either live and try to live in the in, in in our own works false teachings false things that are going to end us up in the line that we say lord lord didn't we do all these things and he'll say i never knew you apart from me there was never that knowing there was never that intimacy there wasn't that love bond or we can repent and put our faith in jesus christ the christ of scripture and say, it's no longer I who live, but you that live in me. And I serve you. I want to give my life completely to you, no matter the cost, no matter what you ask me to give up, no matter where you take me and tell me I need to go and do and be, it's all going to be counted as loss. It's all going to be like that rubbish, that poop, if you will, nasty. I'll give all that up for you, God, to follow you, to do your will. Because I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, like the rich young ruler that said, what must I do, Lord? He says, give up everything you own and give everything to the poor and follow me. The rich young ruler said, but I've kept the law. I'm blameless, much like Paul. I did all the rituals and I'm doing all the ceremonies. But you want me to have a heart transformation. You want me to give up my money, my comfort, my lifestyle, my hobbies, the things that I hold so dearly? Hmm. I can't do that. So I'll just continue to keep the law in your name, but I'm going to hold on to my things as well. And Jesus said, okay. And if that man never repented, you guys, he's in eternal damnation right now because he didn't want the Jesus of scripture. He wanted the Jesus that he was comfortable with, the one that would let him still have everything he wanted and everything he desired and just make Jesus the cherry on top so that he felt better at night when he laid his head down on the pillow. I was that person at one time. I was the rich young ruler who thought that I could have everything the world had to offer and Jesus until I had my road to Damascus experience and realized it was all rubbish and I had to count the cost and repent and put my faith in Jesus and follow the Jesus of scripture, not the one that these dogs and evil workers were teaching me, but the ones that these people that are twisting scripture were, were teaching me, but the Jesus of scripture. I'm here for you. If you need anything, please contact me. Love to, you know, just hook up with you more if you need discipleship or just need help or want to learn more. 
have questions, always ask questions. I'm happy to answer questions of the word or um, anything that I can answer or find the answer through other amazing elders of the faith. And I just love you guys so much. And I'll see you when we go to Philippians. Oh, the next part of Philippians, the second half. I'll see you next week. Bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.